Hello, everybody. Welcome to Artist Corner. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, DreamCorp, who also goes by Miles. And that's me. What's up? Yeah, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. We had a nice little pre-interview question uh, questionnaire thing. We had a good time. I'm feeling <laughs> fresh today. I'm ready to answer some questions. Nice. You're looking pretty fresh too. Thank you, man. You to you the same. I dig the jacket we got going on here. Thanks. It's pretty chilly in my room, so I had to put a jacket on. I feel you. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you probably heard his music from albums like Dreams, No Love on the Internet, Tapehead. And he also has a bunch of singles out like Arrival and Dream Seeker. So yeah. Thanks again for joining me today. For sure, dude. Pleasure to be on. <laughs> How long have you been making music? What got you started in producing? Uh, about 10 years now. I started in 2014. So I, I was literally a wee babe in fourth grade. Uh, I found a, I don't know if people, you're familiar with the launch pad, the, the 64 grid uh, MIDI controller, but I found a bunch of covers of that online. Like there was a guy like So Nevable or Cascobi. They were doing covers of like Skrillex songs on the launch pad. And I saw that and I was, my mom was blown. So I needed to be a part of that. So I begged my parents, AKA Santa Claus to get me one for Christmas and Santa obliged, thankfully. And uh, on Christmas day, 2014, I got my first little launch pad. And from that moment on, I've been producing music pretty much. So it's uh, been a wild ride, but thanks to the launch pad and MIDI controllers, I'm in it now. And that's pretty much my life's work now. Like even at a uh, college right now i'm studying like electronic performance with launch pads and stuff like that so it's pretty much been my life's work at this point <laughs> have you switched your main instrument at all since you started yeah so i play a bunch of different instruments like i i started with launch pads and stuff when i was 10 and then like a year later i learned to play the viola at school and i played that all through uh junior high and high school and then i also joined my percussion program so like our band program at high school um so i did that for all through junior high and high school as well. So I've been like honing my classical skills and then also just going home and doing crazy electronic music in my free time. So it, I'm a, a well-rounded musician, you could say. <laughs> so it, it works out. <laughs> nice. What what instruments do you play? Uh, I'm a violist and a percussionist. So uh, with percussion, you just have to learn how to play pretty much everything. So like tonal percussion yeah. and then just snare drum, bass drum you get to learn to play everything but in a uh, marching band i played marimba for a season and i played three seasons of snare drum which is pretty fun love to march <laughs> nice it, it's a workout for sure dude it's torture but it's the best especially i'm from texas many people probably don't know that but it's brutal in the summer so <laughs> i would be walking around with this like 25 pound drum on just walking around in the texas heat just getting blasted it's a beautiful suffering i, I love it to death i miss it <laughs> well Nice. You you told me before the interview that it was pretty chilly where you are now. So it's it's funny how that contrast has yeah is happening. The contrast is real. I was born in Texas and raised in Texas my entire life, and then I moved to Boston to come to the college here at Berkeley, and it's been a, a it's been a weather shock. I, I've never <laughs> had so many winter clothes in my life, but it's necessary because I I don't have a car up here. I just walk around it or take the subway. So got to stay layered up in here. <laughs> sorry wait do you think we can turn up your mic just a little bit yeah sure let me see also that we can better? just yeah that's better we can cut this part out <laughs> no you're good you're good 
Have there been any role models to you, either well-known or obscure, that have inspired your creative way of thinking now? Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I've had a bunch of people through my life. I've been pretty fortunate to have a lot of really good music teachers. But, um, some of them, I, they probably don't want to be named publicly, but I know one of the dudes is totally cool with it. Uh, a guy named Carlos Bateo. He was uh, my private instructor. We did Zoom lessons for a long time doing marching band stuff. He's the G. Love that guy. He has a bunch of percussion books out. He's doing everything, anything and everything at this point with percussion. He's a legend. I love that guy. But um, since I've been at Berkeley, um, my also another private instructor. I guess I just love my private instructors. I'm pretty <laughs> lucky. But um, a guy named Timo Priest. Timo's my boy. Uh, we've been taking private lessons together for the last two semesters. We get along really well. He's also done everything and anything as far as like electronic performance he's a legend i love that guy those two guys have inspired me a lot but as far as people like i don't know that i just took inspiration from outside of like who i know rick rubin i love oh. that guy to death i read his book so many times and i quote it constantly i'll be at berkeley and people will come to me with problems and i'll just quote rick rubin and they'll be <laughs> like wow you're so smart i'm like no it's just rick i just read the book go go read the book like so yeah this uh, rick's thoughts on creativity literally changed my life last year i guess that was last year now geez um around march i just read his book and i went to canada with my orchestra from school and i had like a spiritual experience in the snow i was listening to rick's godly voice talk about creativity <laughs> and just frolicking through the snow in canada and it, it changed my life so it was pretty pretty good that's rick is probably one of the reasons i do and say most of the things i do now in with regards to creativity so it's pretty fun pretty cool you could say it's pretty it's pretty crazy you say that he's one of my heroes too I, Word. I actually have his book somewhere, but usually have I haven't. finished it? No, I haven't, but it's one of those books that I think you should take your time with it and yeah. absorb what you're reading. So I haven't finished totally. it, but... Yeah, the chapters are super short, so it's like just really distilled ideas. But I did the audiobook version because I'm horrible at reading. Like I I can read. I, I know how to. I'm not illiterate, but I just <laughs> do not process words. Like If I read a book, I can read a whole book and not tell you anything I, I have no idea but if i do an audiobook for some reason it makes sense and he narrates the book so That's it's just awesome. his godly silky smooth voice guiding you through creativity it's beautiful love that guy <laughs> it's always so awesome when the actual author does the audiobooks too oh for sure yeah you actually get the voice of the creator and they have an intuitive understanding of what they wrote it's like when a musician plays something they wrote too you, like they have the soul of it in their mind and they just get to put it out with their fingers it's beautiful yeah exactly how do you describe your music to someone who isn't a fan yet oh man all right that's actually difficult because it's become <laughs> so many different things over the last year or two so usually i tend to describe it as chaos embodied <laughs> it just sometimes it's depressing sometimes it's super energetic and sometimes i don't know what it is it's just noise and that's okay but it's a I've, I've struggled to describe it in recent years because sometimes it's ambient, but it's like melodic ambient. So it's not just like nature noises. There's like a clear progression through the music, but it's, uh, yeah, distinctly ambient. I'm doing a lot of drum and bass these days, which is so, it's so addicting. I don't know if you've played around with Jungle at all and you're in Logic or Ableton or whatever you used to produce, but it's, it's a good time. You get to play with drums as a melody, as like a vessel for melody, which is unusual because usually it's just like the backbeat. But drum and bass, you get to use drum as the melody. I don't know why I'm going on that tangent right now, but I'm really passionate about drum and bass currently. <laughs> what are your favorite drum and bass artists that you listen to? Ooh. 
Dillinger is probably like my favorite right now. That guy's crazy. There was a song. It was something. Oh, okay. I just got to find it so I don't get the title wrong. I've been listening to it constantly. He samples Blade Runner in that song, which is insane. <laughs> it's like the angels fell or something. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. The angels fell. Yeah. Dillinger. Crazy. Crazy, dude. But I'm also a big hip hop head. So I just I get around a lot. I don't know. Musically. That's cool. Yeah, it's always good to have a variety of styles that you're into, you know? Oh, yeah, you have your hyper fixations for like a month or two, and then, but you have the, what is it, the wider array of your taste, I guess you could say. Yeah, and then usually that shows up in your work, and then because you have this wider range of taste, it kind of just, your own work becomes this own unique spin on so many different things, and it becomes its own thing. Exactly. It's not like you're just copying one specific genre and taking all the tropes of the genre in one thing. You can pick out like little bits and pieces that you like. Like you may like the drums and drum and bass, but you also may like the melodic aspects of ambient music. Put them together. See what happens. Things like that. Or like I'm trying to I'm trying really hard to coin this <laughs> phrase called cyber jazz. I've been trying so hard to do it um, at Berkeley, at least it's like internet culture and jazz combined. And I've done a, a bunch of songs in that style that I've coined, but um, yeah, you can take from everything. You can take really groovy drums from hip hop and you can take weird jazz harmony, put it together with old Y2K synthesizers and you get cyber jazz. <laughs> like you can steal things from everywhere and make it new art. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. If, if you want, I can start using that term and hopefully Dude, it'll start please. catching on. We got to get it to catch on. Everybody who's watching, use the term cyber jazz to describe my music. Please, I need <laughs> it to catch on. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> do you consider yourself to be more methodic in the production process, or do you just go off of what feels good? Both, which I know is not like a super clean answer, but I have two sides of my brain. Like one is methodical, and then one is just totally instinct. And a lot of the writing and the actual production is just instinct. But what drives all of the kind of chaotic just instinct is driven by like a really methodical approach to creativity, if that makes sense. Like last year, I did a project where I made a song every day of the entire year, January 1st to December 31st wow. without fail. I didn't miss a day. I did the entire year. And that really weird, methodical, disciplined atmosphere, I guess you could say, birthed a lot of really crazy music because... The discipline and the tight deadlines of I have to make a song every day forces you to get just sucked into music, I guess. Just you have to just lock in immediately and just go off instinct. Like, what am I gonna make like right now? I have 20 minutes to write this. Yeah, yeah. So you just you can't think about it too much. You just have to go in and just boom, 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 idea. But um, yeah, so it's both. I approach creativity and the discipline of it very methodically, but I approach the actual writing of music very instinctually and just chaotically i guess yeah it's it's crazy you say that because i just started doing a challenge recently where i'm making a song every day for seven seven days which isn't nearly as as i guess insane as doing it every day for a year but still it's it's a challenge that i think even if you do it for a week or a short period of time it teaches you a lot about just how to make stuff up on the fly and be okay with not making anything that's that's perfect and still exactly. getting it out there. 
Like your art has more value existing out there and being imperfect rather than just sitting on your hard drive and being perfect. Like it's the, and you write about the seven days. The seven days is like the hardest time for me. Those first seven songs and then the first month were like the hardest times to get used to that. Cause it's such a shock of like, you make a song like once a week maybe. And yeah. then you'd have to do it every 24 hours. Yeah. You start to panic. You're like, how can I make another idea? I'm out of ideas. But the truth is that you're not. You're just not listening to your brain because your brain may be telling you an idea that you're like, no, nah, that idea sucks, but you can't deny it. You just have to go for it. Even if it sucks, it's fine. You just have to make something. That's what I tell everybody at Berkeley. It's like, you have to make something. Like, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You just have to do something. Like, that's yeah. the name of the game. Have you ever made something that was, so when you listen to a song and you think, I don't like this part of the song, for example. Have you tried to make something inspired by something that you don't like instead of what you do like? Oh, hell yes, I've done that. <laughs> There's a, a few weeks ago before I came back, I, I was on Christmas break. I did a little stream on my YouTube for like four or five hours where I made the worst possible song I could. Just offensively bad. If you listen to this, you're like, this isn't music. Why would anybody listen to it? <laughs> but it birthed some cool ideas. Because when you just release yourself from any inhibition of just like, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't do that because bad is bad. You don't want to do bad. It's really interesting, actually. If you make bad music on purpose, very interesting. Because then you do things that you would never do otherwise. And you, I found like there was one idea in that song that I was distinctly remembering like, oh, breakthrough. This is good. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I did, but it worked. And um yeah, sometimes making things you hate can actually birth really cool ideas, but it's deeply uncomfortable to do that, to make yeah. something you don't like. Because usually you want to make things that make you feel good and you like, but sometimes you got to get uncomfortable to make art. It's just the reality of it. Yeah, and I agree. I think without growing as a person, your art can't really grow either. And totally. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, it grows together. Your art is you and you are your art. It's kind of inseparable so as you change your art changes so it's the whole thing you know are you into the business side of music oh yes i i'm <laughs> i'm terrified of it and i'm deeply interested by it it's a it's a double-edged sword what do you think about tiktok being a tool beautiful it's great like i i have my cynical aspect where i think it's horrible and it's degrading music <laughs> as an art form when it favors just speeding up old songs. It's like Nightcore again, all over again from YouTube <laughs> in like 2012. I bet you remember that. You were around for that. Yeah. But, uh, it feels like that all over again. And it, you know, sometimes I get really cynical about it. I'm like, oh, I hate TikTok. This is bad. But it's been, it's never been easier to make a video for anything. Yeah. Like even when YouTube first came out, it kind of sucked to make a video. Like you had to get a camera, you had to go get editing software. But now on TikTok, you can just, pull out your phone, just record something and it's edited for you, just like done. So it, it's made it way easier for people to actually find art and create art, which I think is good. Like any barrier you can remove from making art is probably a win. And of course you get noise from that, just people making dumb stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you watch crypto videos at all, but I'm deeply fascinated by crypto scams. Yeah. So you can see all these AI generated things. You're like, oh, this sucks. But the one little grain of greatness that you may see, I think makes it worth it. I don't know. But uh, as a vehicle for promotion, TikTok's pretty useful. And I've seen people use my music, which is bonkers. But yeah, I'm still confused by TikTok. I'm trying so hard to make it make sense and make videos that work, but it's 
it's an enigma, dude. It's hard. Yeah, it's like any social media. It's really, I mean, a lot of it is luck, but I think there's also a lot of just trial and error that goes into it over a long period of time. Totally, 100%. Same way like we learn to make music. You just try a bunch of times, but the only issue is, is that the attempts are public. <laughs> so the stakes are a lot higher, but it's fine, you know? Yeah, it's like me with doing these interviews. Oh, but... for sure. Yeah, like you could totally just fall on your face or I could fall on my face. We were both like in an intricate limbo of sorts just to, oh, what's going to happen? We don't know. You just That's what makes it exciting. Exactly. It's fun. There's energy involved. It's a good time, you know? Yeah. Do you think that TikTok has positively, positively impacted you more than it has negatively? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely helped me more than it hasn't because I think... The story of how my music even came into the fold is kind of ridiculous, but TikTok definitely helped. It, it's, I don't know, like, I haven't had an excess amount of videos made with my music, probably like maybe a thousand in total, but it's still something, you know? It's crazy to see people use your art and it's weirdly humbling. You're like, oh, I can do something that people care about? What? What does that mean? That's <laughs> unusual. But it's, it's definitely helped me more than anything, but I'm still confused by it. Yeah. I want to understand it. I want to figure it out. It's hard. It's really hard. I've one thing I've noticed. I feel like on TikTok, it's easier to get more views than it is on YouTube, because yeah, I've posted things that on YouTube wouldn't have gotten hundreds of views, but then on TikTok, it gets a thousand or more views. And yeah, it's, it's something about the way I don't know how their algorithm works compared to YouTube, but it definitely does seem to. I don't know if you look at your analytics. Mine just go like this. And then this. So like within an hour of posting, it's like, oh yeah, we love it. And then 20 minutes later, it's just like, never mind, we hate it. Go away. It's like that's TikTok is bullying me actively, I think. They don't want me to succeed. Yeah, I'm actually I'm not really on TikTok, but I do use it as a tool to print to post stuff. For sure. Yeah, give it a shot. It's an interesting, interesting little ecosystem they got going on down there. Yeah, I encourage anyone who is interested in promoting their music to just try it out and if it doesn't work for you then that's okay you know oh of course yeah the worst thing that happens is nobody sees it it's like <laughs> that's honestly in terms of things that can go wrong it's not bad at all like you could do much worse <laughs> yeah so what thought process goes into your album art it's usually the last thing I think about when I'm making an album because <laughs> most of my albums have come together just on accident <laughs> to be frank. It's, it's kind of, you would expect someone to be like, it's very methodical and is, I made a lot of decisions, but no, I just made music and I was like, Oh, this fits. This all is one thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm typically, I'm not a graphic designer, so everything's pretty minimal, but it, it's worked out so far. Like the first album cover for dreams was like, I, I got some clouds, and then I, I just got some Times New Roman font. I got jiggy with it. That was Times a, New Roman? I'm pretty sure it is. If not, it's probably like some other Adobe font. But I'm a big Photoshop <laughs> fiend. So it's probably something in there. Well, yeah. I I think that your artwork is really unique because it's kind of this... It reminds me of this early internet aesthetic. And for every album that... I've listened to from you, it always matches the overall feelings of the music. 
Word, think, thank you. I think it's really cool because artwork for albums or just music, I feel like if if the art tells a story, it's it's so impactful with the music too. Oh, for sure, yeah. What do you think about that? Oh man, like as much as I say there's like no effort on the album art, there is like I think some subconscious thoughts about it. Cause the album art can definitely influence the way you visualize the album. Because as much as music is like an auditory thing, it's also a visual thing, but like in your head, you know, because I don't know if you're like this now, like when I first got into music, I started listening to it. I would see like colors or shapes or weird things with music. But now I just see like an Ableton session. So it's a lot less interesting, you know, but I imagine people who don't make music every day see something similar. They're just like, oh, shapes, colors, or they see (laughs) a. I don't know, like a landscape possibly or like a building that and they see themselves like in a place when they're listening to your music. Like when they listen to my music, I bet it's like liminal spaces or something because people associate my music with that for some reason. But it's chill. I like it. It's I've, actu- I've actually seen your music on the official Spotify playlist for liminal spaces. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you've, you've seen it. Yeah, I saw that. That was a, an interesting surprise. But <laughs> hey, I'll take it. You know, I don't know how or why I got on there, but I've been on there since like I think 2022 now. So I'm just, as long as like, if a playlist editor from Spotify sees this, don't edit your playlist. Keep it the way it is, man. It's uh, it's great. It's helping me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, actually it's a great playlist too. Oh yeah, it's really interesting. There's a lot of good music on there. Uh, yeah, the album art's so important. Like one of the albums, it was re- it was weirdly low effort, but I guess not. Like the tape head album art was a. Uh, I built this head out of paper mache and duct tape, and like a hard hat. It was totally jerry-rigged and it's horrible i could not see out of that thing so like when i walk around i'm just guessing where i'm going but uh, (laughs) i went and just stood in a median outside my house and got my little janky 2012 camcorder just took a photo and i was like good (laughs) it's like that's that's all i need to do and people have uh well not like random people on the internet but people in my personal life have been like what were you why did you do that i could have taken a better photo for you i'm like I'm a control freak and I just wanted to do it myself <laughs> because I was uploading the album like that night, whatever night I took that photo and I was like, I need album art. <laughs> I just ran out into my media and before the sunset and just took the photo and I was done. Um, then no love on the internet. That one was, I literally just drew that. I'm not a graphic designer. Again, I'm not an artist in the visual sense. I was just doodling weird stuff and I came up with a computer and I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and then again, like that was the same night I uploaded the album. So it's just really haphazard and weird. <laughs> uh, it's worked so far, so I'll take it, you know? Yeah. Can't complain. I think there's a song called Falling in Reverse. And is the album from Minecraft? Or? I don't think it is. I got some. Uh, that one's a little secretive. I want to keep that one a little bit secret. Okay. No worries. Uh, uh, but. Yeah, definitely. I can see what you're saying, though, about the Minecraft. Because you got, like, the cubes yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. But, uh, oh, man, that would have been smart. I should do some Minecraft album art now that you say that. Get some <laughs> mods, do some particle effects and stuff. Have you ever played around with the ray tracing and stuff? I tried. I have, like, a, an a, I got an Alienware a few years ago just as, like, a fun little doohickey. I produced music on that, and then I played games in my free time. But uh, I never got the ray tracing to work. I'm kind of bummed about that. When I go home for spring break, I'll have to try it again and see if I can get to work. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done it myself, but from what I've seen, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it does. All the ray tracing stuff is crazy. Like I 
I don't know. I haven't been into video games much since being at music school because I have like no time or energy to do that. But uh, there was once a time in my life where I was interested. And mm -hmm. ray tracing is so cool. It's objectively awesome. Especially all the cyberpunk stuff in ray tracing. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> cool. So a lot of the music you make is clearly inspired by dreams. I mean, your your artist name is literally Dream Corp. Yeah. <laughs> I, w I was wondering, have you ever been inspired by an actual dream you had in your music? Yes and no. Like, there haven't been, like, specific dreams that I have tied to music or things. Like, I don't tend to dream in music, or I don't dream at all. Because I think, for some reason, I don't think I hit the right stage of REM sleep or something, because I don't sleep <laughs> a lot. I sleep, like, six or seven, well, maybe not seven, probably, like, five or six hours a night. So I don't know if I hit the right stage to start dreaming or not, but I did have this one really creepy dream a while ago, which never made it into any music, but the name of this character stuck out to me is Mr. Soupy Hands. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but I was apparently tripping my junior year of high school because I found a notes app thing like two months ago where I saw Mr. Soupy Hands, <laughs> and that was all it said, but it, like, it reminded me of that, and I was like, this is disturbing. I don't know what I was on, but... Yeah, that one's tormented me, but not in a musical sense, just generally. But yeah, dreams are a weird thing, man. They're a little surreal. And that that first album being Dreams, honestly, a total fluke, how I came to that conclusion and that name. The whole story of that album is really weird, how that came to be really bizarre. But yeah. So would you say you get more inspired by the act of dreaming rather than actual dreams? I don't know. Like I get inspired like by the surreal surreality. Surreal, yeah, like the surrealness of dreams. Because I don't necessarily think about like the dreams itself, but just trying to find things in reality that are just a little off and then running with that. Just so it's like it disturbs you a little bit. You're like, all right, that's not real, but it's just real enough to fool you, you know? Yeah. Like I kind of like chasing that feeling a little bit. Yeah. Have you ever gotten inspired by any games, movies, or TV shows in your music? I'm a big movie buff. I'm a fiend for some movies. I got that AMC A-list subscription. I go to like two or three movies a week. I get my money's worth. But um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, hmm. No rush, by games. the way. No, you're good. You're good. Um, as far as games, I don't know. I haven't played a lot of games recently to be able to like pull from one. But definitely movies. I saw a movie a week or two ago called Sometimes I Think About Dying. That movie's crazy and embodies kind of what i want my music to feel like especially one of my albums because that movie felt so much it was talking about the tragic mundanity 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 i don't know how to say that word like mundane <laughs> but it's the a, i don't know a verb or something but, uh the tragic mundaneness of life just normal life yeah and i find that idea to be really interesting i kind of explored it in tapehead not very well i wasn't very articulate about that but the feeling was there of just like boringness the yeah. tragic the tragedy of being bored. <laughs> I find that idea to be really kind of melancholic and kind of attractive, you know, but also deeply saddening. So it's a, an interesting dichotomy, I guess you could say. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, but that feeling kind of reminds me of when I watch a movie or a show or something. And then afterwards, I realize how much I wish I could be in that show or movie, like in the world right. of the movie. Yeah. It makes me realize how boring my life is right now. Well, the, the beautiful thing about our life is that it's real. 
Yeah, I guess yeah. as much as you can think it is, because I sometimes wonder if what I'm seeing is really real. I don't know. I think we all have that moment sometimes. We're like, yeah. is this like, is this a matrix what type moment right now? <laughs> yeah, what is real? And that's like, I ask that question a lot because who knows what real is? We're just yeah. kind of around, you know, we're living. But um, yeah, yeah. No, I like art that straddles the sadness and mundanity of real life and then surreality. So whatever we can do with that, I guess. Yeah, and in my opinion, anyway, I don't think boredness is a bad thing or being bored because yeah. I found that a lot of the time being bored actually pushes you to grow more and make a change. It definitely can, but there's an aspect of boredom where it just becomes sad enough and you kind of like sit in it. It's a really unique feeling. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before where it's like in the middle of summer and like seventh grade, I had this feeling where I just felt utterly directionless. Yeah, I just played Black Ops three all day and slept, and I just felt so depressed. But after I like moved on from that year, I was like, "Oh, that was a good summer. I like that." Like, there's something interesting about boredom. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're not supposed to know. Maybe that's why you're bored. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think even if we could, even if we learned so much about it, I feel like it's with feelings. It's there's so much you can learn, and the more you learn, the more the more doors op open for you to learn even more. Oh, totally, yeah. And it's just a never-ending cycle. Oh, yeah. Boredom promotes growth in some senses. Yeah. Sorry, can I think for a second? Yeah, of course. Do your thing, man. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to talk about at all, by the way? Um, there, I may want to make... I kind of want to, I've been pushing this story a little bit. Yeah, I've been telling it on my live streams, but I've never had it in like recorded video form of the, the story of Dream Corp and how that came to be because it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. And Did I think you mind it, telling it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it has a good narrative for like young musicians of like the world is crazy. You just need to make art. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know how we want to launch into that if there's like, a, you have an idea for that. But um, I mean, feel free to just go on a long tangent if you need to. Word. I am so good at that. So we I, we can make that work for sure. But uh, the the beginning of Dream Corp is a really weird story. It's totally true, but it's very weird. It's a very teenage-esque story as well. It was 2020. It was COVID. You know, we all remember that. <laughs> I don't need to say much more about that part. But um, it was October and I snuck out of my house. Ooh, weird. <laughs> Rebellious. That was my one act of teen rebellion throughout my life. But uh, I snuck out of my house to go see my girlfriend at the time and I got mega grounded and I got caught. I was stupid. I left, I, I snuck out of my window and I pushed the screen of my window out. Oh. And when I came back in, I accidentally put it in upside down. So it was really obvious what I had done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I put the screen in upside down. I got really caught and I got mega grounded. I got so grounded. Like I didn't have access to the internet at all. I just had my school issued Chromebook and that was it. And I would try to produce on it. Like I would open up those online MIDI editors and I'd try to write chords out or I'd have like my record player and I would just listen to these old crappy records that my grandpa gave to me. And I'm like, music, I love it. <laughs> and I, right before I got grounded, I got smart and I had this secret computer and I had a old iPod shuffle. I just loaded as much music I could on that thing. I lived off that thing for like two months. The thing saved my life, man. It was a beautiful two months because of that iPod shuffle. But once I got ungrounded around like late November, I got my computer back and I just decided, I was like, 
I need to make an album just right now. <laughs> and I had never made an album before that. So I did. I just took 12 days to make an album. I ended up cutting one song. So I did a song a day. Maybe that's a, uh, what is it? Foreshadowing for what I would do later in my life, making a song a day. But um, yeah, so yeah. I made 12 songs, cut one, and then I just threw out the album under a new alias, which is Dream Corp at the time. I hadn't used that alias before, but then nothing happened with the album. It just kind of sat there. You know, as most music does, got zero listeners. And then in mid 2021, probably like around March or April, I noticed my Spotify for artists, things started to like go up. And I'm like, huh, that's odd. Because <laughs> I didn't have an Instagram account or anything. I just kind of threw the album up on Spotify and didn't do anything else. I told a few friends, but that was it. But, and it just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And I think by the end of 2021, I got up to like a thousand monthly listeners. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Probably not going to last, though. <laughs> I did some research because I didn't know what started this. And I found out a girl had put my, I assume she's a girl. I've never, I've spoken to her like once. But um, uh, this person put my music in the Roblox game. And the Roblox game got like 4 million plays. And people Shazam my music from the Roblox game. <laughs> and I have a career. So go figure, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I don't take much credit from like this working out. I just kind of got put in a really lucky situation. But uh, I guess I just exploited the rest of it. I just kept releasing music. But uh, yeah, so I guess the moral of the story there is that you just have to make something and just make it available for people to listen to because you never know what it's going to be. The album of me coping with getting grounded ended up being an album that people now associate with creepy spaces. So <laughs> go figure. Like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> do, you, do you remember what the Roblox game was called that your music yes. was in? It was Roblox Dream World. And there are a few other spinoffs that people made, like copying it. And my music ended up in there. But there was something really tragic in like 2022. Roblox did a big like crackdown on copyrighted material. And I guess mine was included in that. So all my music got removed from the game, and along with like every other person's music in the game, which is kind of tragic. But it thankfully did not yeah. spell the end of my career. So that's really lucky. Thank you, Spotify, for putting my music in your playlists. I think that saved me in the end. <laughs> but... That's awesome, by the way. Did did they ever reach out to you when you were put on that playlist? I'm not sure how playlists work in that way. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you just find out in an email. They just say, hey, your music was added to this playlist. And that's it. That's all they say. They don't ask you. <laughs> they just put it on there and they assume you wanted that. And they're like, be grateful. Free money. Here you go. Because <laughs> you don't get paid for being on there. You just get paid from the streams you make, you know. But yeah, that was a pleasant email to wake up to one day. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I'll take it. Did you celebrate it with anyone? Uh, I'm really bad at celebrating. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it just mostly because I'm like, oh, sweet. That happened. I guess I'm going to go keep working now and just make sure that happens again. So I probably should celebrate more. You you bring up a good point. <laughs> but I, I probably did drink like a... Do you, were you a Dr. Pepper fan? Do you know Dr. Pepper? Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. Dude, I just recently quit the sauce, the Dr. Pepper sauce. But um, they there are these bottles of Dr. Pepper in like glass, and they're made of real cane sugar. I probably celebrated with one of those. That that's nice. like a delicacy, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, yeah. Besides that, that was no celebration. It was just like, all right, cool. Let's go make another album. But um, yeah. So that that's the the Spotify editorial, uh, the secrets. <laughs> nice. I so sorry to talk about myself for a second, but go ahead. Yeah. A while ago, I got an email. It was a couple of years ago, and I think they asked if I, if it was something about being put on a top hits playlist, and I never what? saw it. 
I never saw it. So I was, I saw this two years later, and I was so mad at myself because I could have accepted it and gotten on that playlist. But Ooh, you have to be careful. Did you know like who it was from? Did you see? I think it was an actual Spotify curated playlist. Huh. Maybe. Usually they won't ask. Like sometimes you got to be careful with the playlist, especially because you distribute your own music, right? I do through DistroKid. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I have a bone to pick with DistroKid, but I won't get into that publicly. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So usually if it's like a legit Spotify playlist, they won't ask. They'll just do it and then tell you afterwards. Oh. Which is fine, but so I would have gotten scanned. Yeah, it gets really sketchy because they'll be like, "Oh, we selected you to be on this playlist," and you're like, "Oh, sweet, please put me on." And then they're like, "All right, please pay us a hundred dollars," and you're like, "No, no, I didn't say <laughs> I didn't want to do that." So yeah, they do that, or the oh, new boy. thing is botted streams, which you have to be really careful oh, yeah. about because Spotify's been cracking down. So if you have bots, they'll be like, "Yo, knock it off." <laughs> we know what you're doing because some of those playlists are like botted. So people will pay to get on the playlist and then get fake streams and yeah. then they'll get kicked off Spotify. So you just got to be careful with some of those I've seen. Like I got added to one of those and I tried to get off and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to lose my Spotify page. That would be tragic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually really annoying how you can just get added on there without even, you yeah. know. You have like no consent. It's like, Granted, at a certain point, if you get added to so many players, you're like, are you ever going to accept the request? Or are you just going to like give up? You're like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> but... Can I think for a second? Of course, yeah. How long does it usually make take? Sorry, I'm, my, I'm, I don't know what's happening. No, you're good, dude. It's all chill. How long does it usually take for you to start an album and then release it? It's usually like with it's pretty instantaneous because I don't usually plan a whole lot for an album. It's there's no like I don't have like a whiteboard and I'm charting out the plot line or anything. I just kind of make music and it's a part of a theory I'll I'll break into in a second, but a a specific time period in my music. So like No Love on the Internet was like all the music I made within like the first six months of 2023, like my senior year of high school. And it was just kind of commemorating that. But Tapehead was like the same idea, but in like April and May of 2022. Dreams, the same thing. I just it's music I've made recently, and it fits a certain vibe. And narratively, I can make it make sense. But uh, usually, it's like one to two months. Tapehead was wow. a longer one. It took me like four months just because I had to build the head. Yeah, and I, I'm not a crafty dude. But usually, everything's like a, a month or two to put it all together and then get it out there. I I don't schedule too far in the future. I do like I want to release an album. All right, sweet, two weeks in advance. <laughs> it's like which is not how you're supposed to do it at all. But yeah. I don't care. I do it anyways. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's, that it's makes, usually a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, that makes me feel so much better because the way I do it, I do it similar, similarly. For some reason, I can't say words right right now. You're good. <laughs> but, no worries. But when I when I make something, I, all I want to do is just get it out there. Of and course, it, yeah. You don't want to hold on to it too long. Yeah, it makes me feel better when I learn from other artists and that they have similar perspectives about that. Oh, totally. And like the the theory I have behind that is like, I don't like to hold on to my art too long. It's because your art is like a representation of you like right now. Yeah. Like when you made this song, like let's say you made a song today. If you came back to that song like next week, probably wouldn't see it the same. And you probably wouldn't be able to finish it in the, in the same way that you would have if you finished it the night of. Because, I mean, we humans change rather quickly, I think. 
Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to be the same person I was like in three months. It's not to say I'm going to go through a complete revolution, but like little idiosyncratic things about myself will be different. Like instead of drinking out of a hydro flask, I'll drink out of a thermo flask. <laughs> and it's like the same thing musically. It's like you may like this sound now, but you may not like it later. So you might as well do it and finish it while you like it. So that's yeah. kind of my little theory on that. I don't know if you're a Bob Dylan fan, but I've seen a quote from him and he basically talked about how all the best music is written quickly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know much of Bob Dylan's catalog. I'm kind of a poser, but I totally agree with that sentiment. It's very true. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great point in music. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do you have any examples of things that helped you improve your production skills? Are there any resources that you use specifically besides music school? Oh man, music school is a weird one. Like, uh, I can go into that a little bit in a yeah. second, but YouTube okay. tutorials and trial and error have been the greatest things that, because I've been doing music way longer than I've been in school for it. I've only been in school for music for two semesters, but I've been making music since I was 10. So I'm almost 20 now. So it's been YouTube tutorials, a lot of trial and error, and just being willing to screw up a lot. Yeah. Because you're not going to learn any other way. If like, you release a song and you forget that it's supposed to be negative 14 luffs and Spotify compresses the crap out of it. You're like, oh, my music sounds bad. You realize like, ah, I should learn from that. <laughs> Things like that. But uh, music school, honestly, I'm so early in the in the works of that. I'm still taking all my core music. It's not unlike other colleges where you still take a bunch of core classes, but they're all music focused. So like right now I'm in ear training three harmony two things like that so like music theory class ear training class i don't know if they do that for y'all but ear training is super useful if you ever have the opportunity to take a class like that totally do it it speeds up your workflow so much it's beautiful but yeah we still do all the bs like i'm still not in my major yet like i just oh. applied to get in so next semester i'll hopefully be getting into my major so i can start all those specific yeah. production classes but yeah music school is useful though if people are like don't go and mm -hmm. i sometimes agree depending on the person like some people are not going to get anything out of this because it's a mostly a self-motivated field like if you just come here or in my instance if you just come to berkeley you don't just get a career <laughs> like yeah you have opportunities to get a career but if you don't take them you get nothing <laughs> <laughs> so you just pay a bunch of money and don't do anything with it so yeah music school can be a good aid but it just matters how you use it usually it's like if you get a job at autozone and you, you're like i want to be a mechanic you don't just sit around at AutoZone doing nothing all day. You go learn about cars, you know, that kind of thing. Or if you're like, you want to be a construction worker, you don't just go sit on the job site and eat sandwiches. You go get in there with the foreman. And you're like, I want to learn how to use a nail gun. And then you go use the nail gun. Same thing with music. It's like, hello, professor. I would like to know what an E minor seven flat five is. And they're like, great. Here you go. This is how you use it. And you're like, sweet. It's all about how you use it, in other words. Would you say that music school has been a great way for you to make connections? Totally. It's like, I don't like to use the word connections or network because it feels so cold. Yeah. It's like, because the reality is that, like, these are my friends. Like, I live in a yeah. big dorm room. That's true. So I have two other roommates that I love them to death. They're, they're my homies. I love them. And then you just live next to all these other musicians and they're your friends. And it's beautiful because you all love music and you're all friends. So you can just go hang out and you're like, you guys want to jam? You just want to screw around and make music? <laughs> it's like, Yeah. And the reality of it is that not only are they my friends, but they're my colleagues as well. And they will be for the rest of my life, pretty much. So we'll be calling each other up like, hey, I need somebody to mix my song. Okay, I got you. Send it over. Or somebody's like, I need a songwriter. It's like, call up 
your friend. I don't know. I don't want to dox anybody, but call up your friend. They'll help you. Or they're like, I need this sound. Again, just call them up. You know them. So why not? <laughs> and the good thing about Berkeley is like all the connections may help you find other connections or the friends help you find other friends. So it's it's beautiful. It's all one big web of people and music. It's beautiful. Have you had any internships while you're at Berkeley? Not yet, but over the summer, I'm trying to get some. I'm trying to get some recording studio stuff because I need to learn Pro Tools. <laughs> I'm a big wimp. I haven't learned it yet. I've been an Ableton ride or die forever, but uh, I need to diversify. <laughs> Same. I, I didn't tell you this, but I am an FL user. But Word. It's actually, I love FL. And I've heard good things about it. I think what I love about it is just, one, the, the UI is so easy to understand for me mm-hmm. but that also that makes it really tricky when i move on to other other DAWs because they're yeah. also different you know exactly what has your experience been like learning other DAWs, and do you have any tips to get better at learning them oh man it, i feel like learning every new DAW is like learning to ride a bicycle again Cause you feel like, you know how you're like, yeah, I know how to do this. There's playback. It's like, this is all the transport functions. And this is the, this is where you edit MIDI and this is where you draw your piano roll. And then you get down to like another window and you're like, oh crap, what is this? I don't get this. Like I tried to learn logic for one. It's called MTech 111. It's our introduction to music technology class, which frankly, I did not need to be in, but I took it anyway because I had a goaded professor. If my man, Mike Parvizi is out there, I love you, Mike. I love you. <laughs> That class was worth it because of you. But um, we love you, Mike. We love you, Mike, so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Mike. But uh, yeah, Logic is kind of torture. I hate the UI of Logic, but I did it anyways because it's a useful skill to have to know all different DAWs. But again, YouTube tutorials are the goat. WikiHow articles are useless. Don't use them. <laughs> I've tried. They or don't anything. make sense. <laughs> yeah, anything wiki in the title, don't bother. Uh, <laughs> YouTube usually pretty solid. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is like pulling teeth or learning to ride a bicycle again. It's hard and it sucks, but it's always worth it in the end to know the different software. Yeah. I mean, you just got to not be afraid to suck, really, I guess, for a long time. Exactly. It's like you, it feels so weird because you assume like, yeah, I know how to make music. And then when you're given a different set of tools, you're like, I no longer know how to make music. And it feels (laughs) horrible. You feel stupid a little bit. I felt stupid when I was using Logic. I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then you just have to realize, oh, I just have to learn how to ride the bicycle differently this time. And it's okay. Then once you realize like how you have to ride the bike, it all makes sense and you can use it just the same. It's just a different set of tools. It's like a tandem bike versus just a single bike. I don't know why that metaphor came into my head, but it's what I got. I thought so. that was a great <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can I think for a second? Of course. Yeah, you never need to ask. Just think your, think your head off, dude. Do whatever you got to do. Is there anything that you're excited for with your own projects in the future oh for sure i'm on a war path right now i'm trying to release as much music as possible i don't know why i call it a war path because it's in no way aggressive or violent it's just fun but um, <laughs> uh, i'm trying to release this is the goal i'm trying to meet it i'm trying to release 12 albums in the year so one for each month like it's it's ambitious i'm on the second album that's it's awesome. coming out in like two weeks i don't even know what day it's coming out that's how bad of a promoter i am but uh <laughs> just i'm just trying everything right now i'm not i'm just throwing everything against the wall seeing what sticks and just having fun with it because i realize you can really just analyze and get really in the weeds of like i want it to be this i want it to be that but i think i don't know 
it makes my life a lot more fun to just screw around and make art and just see what happens. Yeah. And if it sounds good to me and I like it, might as well release it. That's just, it helps me out because it's A, more tuition money for college. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just fun. I don't know. People can see my artistic progression because I started this when I was quite literally a teenager. I'm still a teenager technically, but I'm increasingly getting into my adult years. So it's, you can just see the progression of like where I've been, where I'm going and nobody knows where I'm going to go next, you know, that type of thing. So I'm looking forward to get a bunch more albums out there. I'm trying to plan. I don't know if you know what an ARG is. Oh yeah. I don't remember what it stands for. Like an is Alter- it alternate. Oh, either alternate reality or game. augmented. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of game. Me and my buddy, we're really into that. We're trying to write one for Dream Corp. I hope we can figure it out, but it's, we're trying to figure it out. It should be fun if we can do it. But <laughs> so far it's been rough, but <laughs> speaking of Dream Corp as a name, when I did look your name up, I saw this adult swim show. I don't know oh, if yeah, you've yeah. heard of it. I don't oh, know. I've heard of it. Yeah. How, how does it make you feel that there's another show with the name Dream Corp? And I came after them, to be honest. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't really know how I came to the conclusion of my name. I was 16 and being a moron. I just thought that sounds cool. Anyways. Yeah, it is a cool. <laughs> just, it's like, it's cool enough. You know, it works. It, uh, I, I do love me some adult swim. Eric Andre. I don't, do you know? Oh, Eric yeah. Andre? Yeah. I love Eric Andre. <laughs> He went to Berkeley. Wait, actually? I didn't know that. Yeah, as a double bass player. <laughs> oh, I like, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I walk around the streets sometimes and I'm like, Eric Andre walked around these streets. <laughs> I, I feel like some love in my heart because Eric Andre's show was so pivotal in me finding my weird comedic style and just chaos. And I, I try to take some of that chaos into my art every day. That sounds so pompous of me to say, but it's true. I do like the, the chaos. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think I should maybe try because one of the things on my show, I feel like sometimes I might be a little too, I might be, since I'm still learning, I don't, I don't have everything figured out. So yeah. I think sometimes I worry about whether or not I should be more serious or tell jokes every now and then. I don't know what the right balance is, you know? The right balance is whatever feels good to you. Because, you know, people can say a lot of things. Damn, other people, just have fun. Like, this is your show. This is what you spend time doing. So you might as well enjoy whatever it is. Like, in my free time, what, well, there, whatever is left of it, because I'm usually making music in my free time. But I just occasionally like to make a song with farts in it. Like, I made the most outrageous <laughs> fart beat, and I posted it a few months ago. It's I like one, one of the last Spotify. songs. Do you really? Dude, isn't it fun, though? It's, like, it's so fun. It reignites your love for the medium, which is so weird to say that about a song made out of farts, but it can be useful, you know? That's so crazy you say that. You know how I interviewed Kevin McLeod? Yeah. We also talked about a song he made that has fart sounds in it. It's so really? crazy that you're not That's the first funny. one, you know? Dude, I, there must be something about musicians and fart noises. It's like just <laughs> cathartic in some way. Like It's beautiful. I love yeah, a good it's reverb just... fart. It's just pure fun. I think one of the reasons why is because you're just not taking anything seriously. You're just doing it just because it's funny. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think if we can take that sense of maybe not always like funny, because, you know, not all art has to be funny. Yeah. But if you can take that same like childlike joy and just, I love creating stuff. And even if it's about like a really dark topic, you're like, I love creating stuff anyways. Let's go darker. It's just like you just <laughs> lean into whatever you're doing. It makes it a lot more fun. And we can just fully embody whatever you're making. So if that's a fart beat, it's going to be the best damn fart beat you've ever heard. Like, don't get it twisted. It's going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to quote that in the future. <laughs> Please do, man. Quote it as much as you want. 
Are there any tips you have for people who want to get into the music industry, but are maybe doubting themselves and their abilities? Oh, for sure. I, I feel like everybody's resident spiritual coach at Berkeley for making art is just kind of funny, but it's a good, it's good that you bring this up because I have a, a lot to say on this, but the reality is, is that I'm going to look into the camera really deeply for this one, but I'm, I'll stare at it too. Okay. <laughs> art is cool. Art is really cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And when people get scared and they're like expressing themselves, like, I don't know, part of me, I understand it because I was once there, but I'm so far removed from being afraid about it now that I just have fun. Yeah. Like if you make something you're proud of, why not share it? I think people generally, they, the reason they are scared is because they want a specific outcome. Like they want people to like it. Like yeah. if I write the song and I'm vulnerable about it, people m should like it. And if they don't like it, then it wasn't worth it. That's not true. The, what is true is that if you like making it and you enjoyed it and you felt some something from it, like whether that's closure or happiness or sadness or you just need a laugh, you know, finding the joy in yourself to make art is what really makes it fun. And if you can find joy in yourself, then other people can probably find joy in it too. Like I've made some songs that I'm like, nobody's going to like this but me. And I was wrong. <laughs> and I think anybody can prove that wrong. Like, because the reality is, is that I don't know what I'm doing. And I, th I think it was funny when you brought up tips to getting into the music industry, because I feel so far removed from it. <laughs> like, technically speaking, I'm on Spotify, so that means I'm in the music industry, but I feel so far removed from the general, like, this is what music is. Like, I'm probably going to release an album of noise music pretty soon. And it's <laughs> like, what is that? Why would you do that? But I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, it's, why not? Like, the more fun you can have making art, the better. And then, if people say this sucks, then you don't care because you had fun making it. And that's all that matters. Because I know it's really hard or easy for me to just sit atop this weird pedestal of vaporwave and whatever art I've built. I don't know. I'd be like, it's easy. Just make stuff. But it it's hard and it's easy. But you have to get over the hump of it being hard before it gets easy again. And you just have to try it. You just have to do something. Like, I want I want to run through something with you right now that I do with all the kids at Berkeley. Like I ask them first, what is your profession? Like, what do you do for a living? I make stuff. You make stuff? Yeah. Would you call your, like, how would you classify your stuff that you make? Art. Art? More specifically, what? I actually don't know. <laughs> but you make music though, right? Yeah, music. Yeah, so you're a musician. So like, what's your profession? A musician, yeah. Exactly. So what do musicians do? Make music. Exactly. Like <laughs> a stonemason or a construction worker doesn't get paid to like sit around and be like, wow, that'd be really cool if I made an album. No, <laughs> they get paid to lay bricks, construct houses. Yeah. Like musicians are the same thing. Like we get paid, well, theoretically, if it goes well, to make art and construct a house of sound. And you just have to chase that because dreaming about it does nothing for you or worrying about it does nothing for you. Being afraid does nothing. But doing something does something i guess sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad you never know but you you're never gonna find out unless you do it like if i wouldn't have gotten really ambitious and released dreams for no reason and just been like screw it i wouldn't be talking with you right now i don't know what i would be doing it's very possible i would be working at the quick trip near my house and just being like man it would be so cool if i was making music and the truth is that that quick trip guy can make better music than probably most people just because he's like decided to learn it 
I don't know why I use that as an example, but the reality is anybody can do music. It just takes a lot of work. Like I didn't just pop out the womb doing this. Like I spent most of my childhood sitting behind a computer wondering, what the hell is MIDI? Why is there only 127 values in MIDI? I guess 128 if you count zero, but still, like it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a lot of work, but the more fun you can find in it, the less stressful it is. So you I don't know. know. I, I'm really hyper right now and I'm really excited oh, awesome. to talk I... about art. So it's, <laughs> I get really riled up. <laughs> yeah, I love the energy. I don't know if you ever listen to just random artist interviews in your free time. I mean, I'm sure you do. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I really like listening to Tyler, Tyler the Creator, talk. Oh, and he's awesome. I yeah, he's him. he's a genius, I think. And basically, so he just says that he just makes stuff. And basically, yeah. that that's inspired me so much the past few years and how I view everything. Now I just make stuff and I just don't think about it other than that. No, it's like, I don't know how else to think about it. That's how I think, too. It's just like, I just make something. I don't know. Like, I liked it. That's all that matters to me, really. Because... <laughs> I think most people get really in the weeds of like what they expect to make. And they're like, this is what I want to be. I want to be Bruno Mars, which Bruno Mars is great. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Bruno Mars. <laughs> like I will listen to all of the, I think it's Silk Sonic. I will listen to all that. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. However, you can't try to be that. You have to be you and you can have your expectations, but the more you can let your expectations down and just let the music take you where it wants to take you, probably going to be a better art and be your brand and more fun with it because if you make a song with the intention of oh i'm gonna make a bruno mars song and it's not that you're gonna be so bummed out right yeah. like i bet you've been there too you're like yeah i want to make us because do you film scoring i feel like i read that about you i haven't filmed i haven't scored for an actual film but i've had friends who are filmmakers use my music for their projects okay i was wondering i feel like i read that somewhere but like yeah it's on a, my website i think yeah probably so it's uh i don't remember where we were talking about i'm gonna be so real i totally <laughs> lost that thread when i said that you're good can you remind me what we were talking about we were talking about just right now you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. just before i like lost the plot thread completely just making stuff <laughs> yeah just making stuff just making stuff i don't know i love yeah. making stuff i can't yeah. imagine my life without making stuff but anybody can make stuff i don't know it's like ratatouille anybody can cook i said the same with music anybody can cook you know, you just got to be willing to turn on the, the oven or the stove and get cooking. You just got to try. Probably going to burn it a few times. You're probably going to make a diabolically terrible beat. <laughs> like the same way you could make a diabolical fettuccine and just totally screw it up. But still, you made something. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's better to do something and then regret doing it later instead of regret not doing anything. Oh, 100%. It's a much more fun regret to have. You're like, at least I did it you know yeah also i love the energy so don't feel bad about being hyper no you're good you're good i'm gonna try to make sure i don't say anything crazy i'm not like <laughs> we can always cut anything out too if, if you feel oh, like course. you don't want something in no we're chill i don't think i've said anything crazy yet but it can <laughs> always you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> sorry can i think for a second of course dude yeah do your thing Dude, I just got a scary email. What the hell? What? Wait, what? What? Uh, that's wait, so weird. Okay. What does it say? This is some music industry stuff right now I'm going to hit you with. I've gotten hit up 
twice now um, by two separate companies to sell my back catalog royalties. Oh, no. That's a so bad sign. That's, this is, well, it's like good because people want to buy my music, but it's bad because I don't want to lose my rights. <laughs> this may actually be worth putting in there. I just got this email from a separate company. This is so weird. Does that happen creepy. often? It's Well, it's happened twice and within like three days, which has been odd. It was two separate companies. One really big one that I know about, and I was like kind of shocked to see it come in, but one from like another one that I don't know. Um, ugh, that's, ugh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that, dude. I, I'm staying independent. This may be worth keeping in there, this creepy email, but if anybody offers to buy your back catalog, don't, don't do sell. <laughs> don't sell. You're losing your rights. I'm too damn young to be selling my music rights. I'm 19, dude. I'm probably going to be around at least, I don't know, I hope 60 more years, you know? Or fifty, at least if I make it to the big old six nine, I'll be happy with myself. But um, yeah, don't sell your back catalog. I don't know why people want to buy it. Like, get out of here with that. That's gross. Yeah, it's Sorry. it's yeah. it's so much more valuable, I think, to not sell it too. Because if your music yeah. does blow up, you'll have so much more value out of that. And since you you own everything, right? Because with labels, I think they usually take a certain percentage out of what you can get of course yeah it's really like the way advances work i've been again something to not take usually in advance if you can avoid it it's pretty much a loan but the like collateral is your music so they take all your royalties until the loan's paid off and even then they still take a little cut so that's why i try to stay independent because it's just like why would i give it to a label like <laughs> what are you really gonna do you're gonna put an instagram post up thanks i can do that myself like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm also a control freak, so I, I ref refuse to give up control. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't know why you get a label nowadays either, because I know back back in the day when one of the only ways for your music to get heard really was through the radio. So back then, you oh, kind of yeah. I think I think you kind of had to get a label. Or yeah, it was the radio thing, and it was also like all the studios that used to be around were all owned by labels. Yeah, and then yeah. all the pressing factories were owned by labels. So like the entire like I guess supply chain you could say was controlled by the labels. So you had to go through them. You had no choice. But um But that's yeah, how it's changed. Like, oh, it's changed yeah. so much. Like who allowed a 16-year-old to release an album of music? Like who let them do that? <laughs> Apparently they let me. So it's like, why not? Internet. Use the internet. I don't know. True. Yeah. I'm a nerd for that stuff. Like, don't use a label. I tell all my friends here, like, I have a few friends that I've gotten onto some labels. They're like smaller indie labels. I'm like, why? Why would you yeah. do such a thing? Like, what are they really gonna do? They're gonna take your money and maybe <laughs> get you a music video that they'll also make you pay for in that advance. Like, come on, bro. What that are you, you could have made in your own time for free. <laughs> yeah, just having fun with it too. It's like, yeah, I don't care if you have an Ari Alexa camera, bro. Just use your iPhone. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, like, really. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, actually, sorry to talk about myself again, but Dude, I, of course, I, talk about yourself. Yeah. I just made a video the other day where I literally, so I have my microphone right here and I got my iPhone and I set my phone on my microphone and I recorded a video of me playing multiple acoustic instruments that I have. And I made a yeah. song out of that. Isn't was, the iPhone microphone actually really good? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's shocking. Like I didn't believe it until like I brought it into a practice room, recorded something. I'm like, oh. Like, what am I doing with this SM57? <laughs> That's a hundred bucks. I've already got this thing. It's, it's I don't know if you can see. Damn. <laughs> you got the SM7B. Are you running that through a cloud filter by chance? Or what interface? No, I'm actually. So I'm using a Focusrite solo with ah. dynamite. 
focus right i got Let's the go. what is it I have the 2i2, and I also have, like, the 18i8. I've got, like, every focus right. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> stupid. But, uh, dude, Sorry. that's interesting. I was wondering how your gain staging was, or your gain amplification, because I hear that SM7B is super quiet, so I was curious. Yeah, yeah, the Dynamite's really good. I don't think you need a Cloud Lifter at all. Because is the, the Dynamite gain, like, is it I increasing think it's gain? actually Yeah, I think it's actually even a little more than the the Cloud really? Filter. I'm not sure. It's only... interesting. Yeah, it's it's cheaper too. So word, because the cloud lifter is like probably 100, 200 bucks or something. I yeah. remember I looked into it at one point and I was like, uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, the dynamite's a hundred dollars, I think, but that's not bad. It's yeah, it's good for what it what it does, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you interested in any other types of hardware? Ooh, hardware is in like synthesizers and stuff. Yeah, synthesizers or just anything really, you know. Oh, hell yes, I'm interested in hardware. Like, my bread and butter is MIDI controllers right now because that's, like, my principal instrument at Berkeley. So I I don't know how to explain it. It's like I use, a, like, a launch key, like kind of like what you have back there, like a smaller version of it. Yeah. And then I use an Ableton Push 3 that controls everything on Ableton. I love the Ableton Push 3. I have some gripes with it that are really specific and nerdy, so I, I'm not going to go into too much about it. But generally speaking, I love it, and it's a great piece of hardware. But I... I'm really trying to get into analog synths because oh, yeah. we have a bunch at Berkeley. Like once I get into my major, I get access to like every synth I could ever want ever. <laughs> so I'm so <laughs> pumped. They have a Yamaha DX7. Oh, nice. I'm the biggest Yamaha DX7 fan known to man. Like in all of my new music, it's mostly the DX7. Like <laughs> like everything I know love on the internet, there's probably at least one DX7 layer <laughs> in there. Like such a fan. But um, they have some of those. They have some Junos, the 106. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful synthesizer. Yeah. And uh, dude, the Korg Triton. I need to try the Triton sometime because I've been trying these. How many times can I say try those syllables in like four senses? The Korg Triton <laughs> is used on like all the smooth jazz records from the 90s. And I've been trying to perfect that like weather channel, the cyber jazz, the weather channel music. Cyber and, jazz. Uh, yeah, exactly. Apparently the Triton or the Trinitron, I don't remember what it was, but uh, whatever it is, um, it was used in all that. So I'm trying to get that now. I think Berkeley has one. I gotta get it. I must use it. So I'm a big synth nerd. I love it. Have you ever used the OP one? I haven't. They have one here at the library. I must rent it and give it a shot. I'll get back to you on that because I've heard it's cool. Yeah, it is. I actually I owned one for a while, but I, I sold it because I thought I wasn't getting as much use out of it as I yeah. could be. But it's still really it's it's a really fun instrument if you know totally if you know how to work it then you could do so many great things with it. Oh, it's such a powerful little piece of gear for being so small too. And it's got all the cute interfaces and stuff. I think yeah. I've seen like a cow on there or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the what cow. that's about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And then the the new Knockout Teenage Engineering controller looks crazy. And it's super cheap. I haven't gotten it because I have a SP404 already. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of redundant. I have one of these too. Oh, the pocket operators? Yeah. That's cool. I need to get one of those. Those look fun. Yeah, this is a Street Fighter one, actually. And Word? Yeah, it has a bunch of Street Fighter sounds in the samples. Oh, dude. That's so hype. I got to get one of those. That looks fun. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, I think that's going to wrap it up for the interview, if that's okay with yeah, man, I'm chill. I, I'll answer anything you got. Like, even if you want to hit me with, like, what my favorite breakfast cereal is, I would happily <laughs> answer. So whatever you got. If that's it, I'm chill. If you got more, feel free. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Um, Probably, yeah. 
I'm making a bunch of music. Keep a look on my Spotify. Yeah. Probably new music dropping like every week. I'm trying so hard to get it every week, but sometimes scheduling things on DistroKid. I don't use DistroKid, but I just, whatever my distributor is of unknown origin, uh, it gets really janky. So sometimes I miss a day, but I'm trying to get like every week, album a month pretty much. Next, oh, I guess it's this month's album because it's February. Jeez, we're almost out of February. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, wow. Liminal Loops is coming out, I think, next Tuesday. So, like, what's that, the 26th or 27th? It's and on a also, Tuesday. You yeah. also released a new song called Y2K. Yeah, Y2K Memory. That was one. Yeah. It got re- well, it's finally released. I did it last year in like May, a part of the Everyday Project, but a, an animator on YouTube put two of my songs in his animation. His animation blew up, and I, I probably should have released it earlier when it was blowing up still but it's a yeah it's a fun one i'm that's my first foray into drum and bass so having some little fun with that yeah i thought it was really good i i was a little confused on the vip edit because i listened to it back to back and i didn't notice any it's very similar i added like one section and it used to be like a lot faster but then i i had some issues where i was like hmm, maybe i'll slow it back down it's oh, very yeah. slight differences but i just wanted to release both because i was indecisive you know but uh nice yeah. Yeah, I really like the song. Thank you, G. I appreciate that. And yeah, you can listen to his music on Spotify, Apple Music. I think all the major streaming platforms. Oh, everywhere. Even the weird ones. Like, I think I'm on Deezer as well. If you're like French or something, you know, I'm everywhere. (laughs) And yeah, definitely check out his music if you're into just surreal music or ambient music or just really good music if you're into good music then check him out i'm gonna quote you on that one if you're into good music check it out <laughs> use that. thank you for the compliment you're welcome so that's about it thanks everyone for listening thank you for joining me today i had a lot of fun of course thank you it was great meeting you yeah nice meeting you too and yeah you can listen to the show on spotify youtube apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and I also have a Patreon now, so you can check that out if you're interested. Hell yeah, pay my boy. Give him some money. (laughs) Only if you want to. But (laughs) I'll see you guys next Friday. Bye. I love you. And I love you, Miles. (laughs) I love you too, man. It's good to meet you. (laughs) Yeah.